Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Creative Control with Vish Jesse Bell Smith is a Guelph-based musician with one of the most remarkable singing voices I've ever heard. She's been playing her own songs live for a long time, uh, but she's also a member of the Skydiggers, a very popular Toronto uh, musical institution, as they like to say. They've been around a long time. Jesse has just joined uh, in the last few years. But she recently released her highly anticipated debut album, The Town, and she'll be playing Kazoo Fest in Guelph between April 9th and 13th, among other, other dates. Now... This is kind of interesting to me. I The last episode of this show was with Mike Fierstack, and that was recorded in the fall of 2013, and I just hadn't uh, posted it yet. And it was the first time I ever had someone over at the house to have a conversation for the show. And then weirdly, the next episode is with Jesse, who was just here the other day. And um, so that's one thing. That's just a weird, I don't know, timing, strange thing, I guess. Somebody probably has a theory about this. And the other thing I'll say about this show, which I think is is good, but it's between two friends who know each other and know how to push each other's buttons a little bit. When I was listening back, I'm like, maybe we were a little too familiar. Maybe we were too hard on ourselves in some way. I don't know. This isn't even like a disclaimer. It's just a thing I observed. And it's, I think, maybe unusual for the show, but I can't be objective. Anyway, it's a good conversation, and you're going to hear a new song by Jesse, and you'll get to know her. And she's just a totally interesting person and a great talent. And I wanted to share uh, her work with you. So here you go. Jesse Bell Smith on the show. I hope you enjoy it. Oh, my cat shows up. Gary, you won't hear him. He doesn't really speak. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening 12 Years a Slave, Visitors, The Great Beauty, and more. At the E-Bar this week, Meredith Shaw and Robin Delunto appear on Tuesday, March 4th, while The Wooden Sky and Dusted play a show on Thursday, March 6th. Also on Thursday at 7 p.m., the bookstore presents An Evening of Storytelling with Dan Yashinsky and Brad Woods. The Bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, Visit bookshelf.ca for more information.
Why is it? Why did? Why do you suppose this took so long? Because you—that's a great question. Well, why? Why you say it? You tell I me. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like I have a whole lot of control over it. I feel like uh, I've I've been had inspirations at certain times and then f- carried them out as far as I could and got stopped for certain reasons and uh, a lot of it was external and a lot of what made making the record possible was also happenstance too and mm. that's the the funding and also getting to know JJ uh, Ibsen too and I'm I'm really sort of superstitious and I also, I, I don't know, I guess I, I believe that things sort of come together at a certain time for reasons possibly, you know, beyond my understanding. So I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I didn't set out to say I'm going to take 10 years on this or anything like that. It's just, uh, that's how it worked out. So you're, so it's not necessarily, okay, wait, how much of that decade was fraught with deliberation over these songs and how much Lots. of it? Was it mostly that, or was it mostly circumstantial stuff like I don't know who to record this, blah 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 blah. Yeah, it was. You know, a lot of times I I was recording it, and then um, I wasn't happy with how it was sounding. See, here's the thing. Here's Mm -hmm. the thing. So, each of the songs I have a particular imagination for or a vision for, and I feel like it's my job to uh, try and represent them as properly as possible. And I get, uh, I'm. it's not acceptable for me to present them in a way that isn't representational of sure. their right. you have a original bit. conception. And so sometimes that, that takes a really long time in order to get that, especially if uh, um, what I'm trying to express I, I, I need certain people for. For instance, J.J., I'll mention him again, J.J. Ibsen and also Andy McGoffin, um, both... Uh, could understand what the songs needed and they provided what they needed beyond what I could even provide but it was what I initially imagined so that wouldn't have happened at any other time you're you feel like you're an artist I don't know if you didn't even think of yourself as an artist because that sounds kind of (laughs) hoity-toity but you consider yourself a person who makes things but needs guidance or a producer of some kind to kind of be like yeah no it's good Mm, no you don't think that. No, I don't think that. But in the example you just mentioned, mm-hmm. you mentioned Andy and JJ yep. helped you, you know, bring these, manifest these things. Because they they wrote a lot of those parts. So I guess, yeah, maybe maybe that is true. I, I can tell if it's what I want or what it's what I don't, if it's what I don't want. But I need other people to come into the project to give it what it needs, what I can't, what okay. I can't give it. So, so you're not... This is an awkward question on some level, but do you, right. we got to get this awkward stuff. <laughs> oh, do you feel like, has there any, at any point in your, in your trajectory as someone who's been making stuff in public, mm-hmm. have you ever thought, am I my own worst enemy here? Am I getting oh, in the way of my, that's my such own? a loaded question. Well, it is a loaded question. And <laughs> you know, if you were John Lydon, you would just wa- storm out of my house right now. You would drop the mic and be like. How dare you, sir? I kind of feel like it anyway. Can you I... feel like doing that? <laughs> no. My my question... Coffee's I still th- hot. I made you coffee. <laughs> Thank you. You know, this is funny. I only recently aired an episode of this show with Michael Fierstack. Mm-hmm. He's the only person other than you to sit on this couch in my living room and do the show. And I made him the same coffee that you're having. Really? Yeah. It's good, right? It's very good. I don't mean to be bossy. <laughs> Maple syrup is good. It's a nice little touch it is yeah again yeah. did michael like it he loved it he said he liked it i don't know i don't know if i, I trust know. anyone I don't know. 
or believe anyone. <laughs> anyway, my point is that yes, it's a loaded question. Yeah. But you, in my experience, watching you play live, mm -hmm. working with you, mm -hmm. sometimes I do feel like a lot of us feel like this might be the most talented singer I've ever come across. Oh, I'm not damn. doing this to butter you up like I did those big, do you remember the carrots I made too? We steamed we carrots. We just made some really good steamed carrots. <laughs> they were cold by the time I Well, you were supposed them, to come for dinner and you didn't. And I had all this food I made, rice Lots of and- cold carrots for, I'm, I'm for everybody. Sorry. They were good. They were warm when, you didn't respond to my text. Um, no, I'm not trying to butter you up, but, and I and when I speak to you about this, I'm talking about this city. Mm -hmm. This is symptomatic of other people in this city. People like Jim Guthrie yeah. were kind of doing their thing here, and they didn't really find their confidence or footing until they left. Yeah. Um, and you see other people, like Noah23 to me is mm -hmm. one of the best rappers I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. And he's this underground rapper. Mm -hmm. And if I bet if he lived in some bigger city or did some whatever. He also uh uh kills Hungry Heart on uh, karaoke. Does he? He does. Springsteen. Yeah. Okay. Well you have to see it. He's he's a he, I think he's a genius. <laughs> There's a few people like this. I would count you among them. And I, I would count people like me among the people who've been like, What is going on? This is mm -hmm. a super talented person. Why what is preventing them from transcending this city? Yeah. And it's a weird, vaguely selfish idea that we should, we know better for you, you know? Mm. Like, you should be better than, you should be doing, but you have this modesty and, I think, doubt. Hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. But, but where does it stem from? A lot of people tell you you're great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know where it stems from. Uh, that's a good question, I guess. I don't know. People can tell you anything people can tell you anything i feel like i'm not totally hard on myself like i can yeah. feel like i can recognize a successful execution of something or if i have a really good show i can i can tell the difference between what's good and bad but i really don't think that it's that doubt that's really held me back in terms of time in terms of the length of time that things have taken well even that 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 idea of being held back do you feel held back no you feel like things are taking their natural course oh yeah yeah, I do. I do, definitely. I mean, it would have been, I guess the story usually is, and this, I mean, everyone is, is is plagued by these sort of cultural stories about age and where you should be at one point or another. And I guess I, I could think that, you know, this would have been nice for me to be releasing this record, you know, 10 years ago, or, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't have existed. No, 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 that's, so, that's true. There's, so when I follow that line of thinking, it, it just reinforces for me that everything's happening exactly the way that it's supposed to. Do you think we have a misperception that you might be more prolific than you are? Or like there's, there's mm. a kind of an obvious talent. As I say, you're a very gifted vocalist. Everyone thinks so. Uh, and, and you're a great musician. You have like great instincts as a musician. But does all of that necessarily lead to prolific output like I, 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 I guess are these 10 songs among like a hundred that you've written over the past 10 years or no I don't write very much right I, I write it's really few and far between and when I do write a song it usually comes with the lyrics and the music together so it's something that I hear it almost sounds like um, more like a dream or a premonition or something like that so um, I don't 
I don't, I'm not actively sitting down thinking I should write a new song. In fact, anytime I've ever tried to do that, and I have tried to do that because, you know, of this expectation that I should be writing more, mm. it's been completely useless, whatever I've come up with. And so, um, I love, this is a, I'm, this is a magical part of my life, getting these sort of sounds and, and songs and teasing them out. And sometimes they're so complete and I have to sort of race to find a guitar to, to figure out the chords before I lose it. And, and then they stay with me. So the songs that do stay with me, they sort of take on a life of their own too. Um, but I do have, I do have a few uh, new songs too. I, I put out a little cassette actually, which came out before this record did that mm -hmm. had a lot of new songs on it. Right. But, um, but yeah, it, it's for whatever reason, you know, I just, that part of my brain is not activated all the time like it is in some people that mm -hmm. are just continuously writing all the time. So I'm just learning to sort of accept the way that I do things and the idiosyncrasies and the way that I do things too, and maybe not uh, judge them or consider them to be wrong. So if so there, that's fair. <laughs> I'm just asking these questions because I don't even necessarily. I've kind of long ago been like, well, whatever you're doing your thing. Like I don't, no skin off my. I don't care. Like yeah. you know, I want only the best for you, but I also uh -huh. don't. This is the best for you, probably what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but there is a kind of. I think there's too, there's a sense of um, professionalism within what you do, more so than a scrappy younger lo-fi artist or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's a sense that you probably could, you know. I think given your aesthetic, uh, given maybe influences that I hear, like you, you could. I don't know. Sometimes I see some of these people that are making it, you mm -hmm. know, or whatever, and yeah. I'm just like, cut. Jesse's way better than that person. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Nate Coles, too. Nathan Coles is another example, yes. and I worked with him mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. And and he's a guy from Guelph who is a visionary guy. Oh, yeah. And I had the experience of playing in his band and essentially doing a lot of legwork to try and get us, you know, it, was, it wasn't even that selfish. I always felt like we were doing everything to help Nate. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to play drums in his band, but but it didn't work. Mm -hmm. It didn't quite work the way it should have. Yeah, it started. It worked for a while, and then it didn't. Mm -hmm. And w what I'm getting at is hearing you talk about stuff and your relationship to external figures or forces, whether they're fans or people you work with. Like, would a deadline-driven artistic practice even work for you? Like the way working with a label or whoever would. I don't think so because I wouldn't, you know, if there was a certain expectation for a, an amount of music to come from me within a year, I don't think that I could I could work with that. Hmm. I don't I just don't think. I think what I would end up doing would be stuff that I would probably hate. Right. So, it just it just wouldn't work that way. So, I'm in this wonderfully unique situation where I can work at my own pace and uh um, and I sort of have full ownership over everything, everything that I do, and and veto on everything, basically too. So, so is I guess I'm a little bit of a, a control person in my own way. You mean the way you suggested I was earlier? Yes. <laughs> so maybe you're seeing a quality of yourself in me. Yeah. And and trying to kind of cast <laughs> aspersions upon it. I'm always doing that. You are doing that. Damn it. Yeah. 
anytime again i mean people always say this kind of facile thing about how like the thing you hate about that the person is probably an attribute you see in yourself yeah totally which whatever it's it's probably true to some extent but you can also just dislike people i mean why why are we always trying to find reasons for why we don't get along or yeah don't see eye to eye i mean it could just be that you don't see eye to eye yeah i um was going to ask you about success like so when you talk about all these things the way you are this is successful to you like i think so yeah you're you're content with that yes okay so this do you think this idea of of transcending your community is overrated um what does transcending your community mean (laughs) meaning like finding and reaching an audience beyond the people within the place you live well i am actually reaching an audience beyond the place that i live i there's i have uh some support from a small label in london choose my music which is run by dom pasco london england yes okay yeah so i'm getting some uh radio play um thanks to him Mm -hmm. sort of taking my album around and he's got it in hand and putting it in other people's pockets and um he's fighting for me hard over there right now in fact he he told me that a little indie shop just contacted him saying that people were coming in the store asking for my record nice which is very far away from home so far away so so much farther than anywhere i've actually physically traveled would you would you go and play in england oh yeah yeah Yeah, i would love to okay and that's probably gonna happen probably nice you know but uh yeah so and i'm i'm working on developing the whole online um, accessibility i guess so sales online and that sort of thing right 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 websites and such (laughs) you know (laughs) oh what year you're speaking so technically i know let me break it down for you okay again (laughs) this is all just like okay that's great so you're like making it's it's one of these arcs that is interesting right like Mm -hmm. 10 years essentially to release a first album Mm -hmm. and then starting from that point for some of us it's been 10 years for other people they're like who is this person singing this is great i never heard this before yeah so they're not going to even know this what 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 i would say is like a trajectory a a, a lot of you know history well they will now if they if they listen to you but maybe but maybe that history isn't even that interesting no yeah like in a way you I guess my point is like, okay, say something happens. Say someone, hey, there's my cat Gary. Hi, Gary. He's heading for your coffee. Uh-oh. Gary. I missed her. Hey, buddy. <laughs> you sometimes see Gary on the street and you do stuff to him, don't you? Well, no, my dog <laughs> My dog is interested in Gary. Oh, come here. Yeah. Come but here. Gary comes, he seeks me out on the street. Gary comes and finds me. He's sniffing. <laughs> he was just sniffing my microphone. Dude, you've got dry food. He... He's doing a weird thing where I put the wet food out for him, but he was rejecting it, and oh. then it dries up, and then he looks at me like, dude, where's my wet food? I'm like, dude, why didn't you just eat the wet food when it was wet? Mm-hmm. And now I, I refuse to put more wet food out for him. He's a good boy, isn't he? Yeah. He's a really good boy. He's really good. He's sniffing at your coffee. He won't drink it. He yeah. likes... He's got I think cats like coffee. He's got a thing for tea. Really? Gary. Well, he likes sniffing at the tea. The smell of tea like a, a, appeals to him. Yeah. Unfortunately, no one listening. He's not a very he's not a very vocal cat. Yeah. And he, he actually has a thing where his vocal cords are. He kind of goes like. Bark, yeah. Bark. That's good. Yeah, he's a good boy. That sounded just like him. It did kind of. For the folks at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, we've dwelled on this long enough. I think this sort of like bizarre 
uh, unwarranted frustration on behalf of friends and fans of yours who are just like, dude, you should be the biggest thing in the world. But it doesn't. What does that mean, though? But who cares, right? Well, you're, you're content doing the stuff you're doing. How big? Biggest who? How big do you think I could be? Where I was going was okay. <laughs> say someone significant, for lack of a better word, hears your music and offers yeah. you some uh, giant tour. Or a huge check. No, no, let's just take it easy. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, they offer you an opportunity yeah. to, to go on a tour or I want to put you in a studio mm-hmm. and make some recordings. That is, in a, that is a whole bunch of dates and deadline-oriented things. Like, yeah. how do you deal with that? Do you, are you just going to up and go? Or are you going to be like, well, I, that's not my speed? Like, I, it's no, a, no, I would go. You would go? I would go, yeah. I do have a full-time job, though, but, uh, but I would go. I'd... I'd get someone to cover for me. It depends on who. Anyway, <laughs> I, it's a ridiculous thing to say. I I guess I'm just trying to figure out if you're averse to the lifestyle that you know certain people have when they reach a certain level of of impact with an audience or something. Yeah, no, I don't think so. You want it? Yeah, sure. Because sure. th- that would there's some perception like maybe these people don't want it. Yeah. Maybe if they wanted it to like make this a a, a regular life thing. The, I think it a lot of it. It has to do with funding. It has to do with money, really. But in this day and age, like people making records on their computers and stuff, like yeah. Anyway, I don't know if you, can you make it just a record on your computer. People and, seem to be doing. It. I don't think they're the then, best records. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I mean, you need okay. to have some money. You know, like uh, this uh, Lord. Yes. What is she? Seventeen, sixteen, mm-hmm. something. Something like that. But I heard her, and I thought of you too, because I'm like, ah, you know, you could, yeah, you. She's great. She is great. Yeah. And I mean, okay, this we're getting all over the place here. There's a whole bunch of stuff I want to talk about because I was listening to The Town and it has a very classic tone, I think. Mm -hmm. Yet I also know that you have a very eclectic history with music. You've done, you've been a voice on like kind of dance and pop tracks and, you know, you have those interests. You love hip hop. You love all these things. Mm -hmm. And... And I've heard you participate in those sorts of things. But this is, to me, this is a very specific kind of uh, coherent sound. Hmm. And can you talk about the decision to kind of do that, to explore one one kind of aesthetic feel for a record, uh, even though you've got all of these other things bubbling mm. within you? Because even one of the songs, uh, Kiss and Tell, mm-hmm. appeared a few years ago on a compilation, totally mm-hmm. different version. Yeah, it was. Like a dancey e- pop kind of version. Evan and Jordy did the backing to that. So Evan I just, and Jordy Gordon. Yeah, yeah Gordon. Um, so, um, yeah, I basically just recorded the guitar and vocal, and they supplied the entire background for it. And it was really cool what they did. But, um, uh, yeah, I... Um, this one is a different yeah, feel. Yeah, this was this one, and and even still now, I'm I'm thinking, is that right? Is that is that really the feel that I that I was going for? Even still, but I, and because some of it was also accidental too. It has to do with, you know, the inspiration of the moment and the players that that came to help on it and what they could do really well. And mm-hmm. so you know, we ended up using a lot of that stuff. And sometimes it took a, a stylistic direction that I actually wasn't intending. But for the most part, I've tried to be very intentional about the style, the style of each song, too. Right. And that there are even different, um, different time periods referenced throughout the album, too. Like different, like generic 
different things or just sort of actually eras uh 40s 50s 30s i'm hoping that there will be um sounds from from all of those eras sort of referenced here and there because okay. nostalgia is is you know really nostalgia is something that i'm i think probably addicted to Oh, you have a thing for nostalgia. I do, yeah, yeah, for the feeling of nostalgia, and I, I surround myself with things that create a, a, a nostalgic sensation um, because it's pleasurable to me. But nostalgia for yourself, you're talking about eras of the 30s, 40s, 50s. You were mm -hmm. born in the 70s. Mm -hmm. So how could you be nostalgic for an era that you weren't even around for? Well, I just am. <laughs> I just am. I don't know. <laughs> it's not it's real, funny. but it's not real nostalgia. Well, how, what do you call that? What a, what nostalgia for our time that you are you are more reverent for a historical past that preceded you. Yeah, it's not quite nostalgia. I don't think. Well, I think it is. Well, I, I would think that nostalgia comes from an innate sense of of place or time. Hmm. Meaning, like I'm occasionally. I'm not really, but let's just, for example, say I'm nostalgic for a time in high school or something mm. because I heard a Sebado song recently. Yeah. Oh, that was the time in high school. Whatever. That's like a nostalgia. I think is like a almost a visceral reaction to something that, yeah. that brings you back to a place. Yes. You're talking about a place in time that you've never experienced personally yet. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's confusing. I'm just saying what my definition of nostalgia is. You're saying your definition is just like a general interest in ancient or old things. Or nostalgia is more of a, a feeling, you know, a state that you can be in. You can be nostalgic for for something that you've experienced or potentially something. I don't know. I don't know where this sort of Do you have a time machine? Do I have a time machine? I don't think you can be nostalgic for a period that precedes you. I, well, just, I would I differ with you there. I, I think would. you can be uh, <laughs> excited about it. You can be interested in the but 30s what about or 40s. Homesickness feeling. Yeah, that's from being <laughs> having been in a home and missing it yourself. I just, I love upsetting you with this. No, I just don't. Kind of I don't think you can be nostalgic by proxy. Is but my I point. I am. So okay. How do you explain that? I'm I just wish of... you would leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting out of here. Right I, I want to drop the mic in this. Anyway, so you have an interest, let's say, okay. for the sake of argument, okay. in periods of music that um, are, are decades ago. And not just music. I love clothing. I love furniture. I love antique stores. I love love all of that okay. stuff. So, so you I, don't, you are, you are. Old books. I love, I just love old things. Are you uncomfortable with, your time yeah like you wish you were you were one of these people who were born in a, of a probably. different time yeah probably what time oh i don't know you know i i guess i kind of figured it out that if i had lived a life before and died in the 70s um as an elderly lady then if i if say i was born at the turn of the century mm -hmm. 1900 i think i would be happy with that life because Old ladies' clothes in the '60s are so rocking good huh. too. Huh. I I feel like I identify with different age styles at different times too, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Are you uncomfortable with contemporary, like fashion or contemporary sounds? Like yeah, yeah, I'd say that. So yeah. that's why your music kind of, as you say, reflects a period that you have ultimately nothing to do with. Well, I mean, I think 
I think there's something I'm probably missing, or it, it maybe it's it's a, an escape from the things I am uncomfortable with in the current time, hmm. too. Um, there's a certain amount of care that was put into things, and also innocence too. This wonderful uh, naivety, and I think that 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 we've probably lost now because we have you know we know just how bad things are, and so in order to have that kind of naivety about young love or that sort of thing you know it's it, i think that's that's a really special um special part of the 20s and 30s that the naivety and innocence that comes along with it too but do you so, but do you you're you're talking glowering most, at me so no i'm just trying to no i'm not glowering i'm thinking <laughs> i'm just trying to process what you're saying like are you <laughs> i wish everyone could see this this terrible but glower. this na- na- naivete that you're describing is like interpersonal naivete or do you feel like informationally we just know everything is weird and strange yeah and it's made everyone um Stephen Malcolmus was just on this show not too long ago, and he suggested that people misuse the word cynicism because they apply it to things that are actual facts. Mm-hmm. Meaning, yeah, you, yeah, like you can't be cynical anymore. You can't be cynical by saying the government's lying to you because that's actually a fact. Yes, it is. Everyone knows the government's always lying to you. Mm-hmm. So cynicism isn't the right word. But, do but you, there was a time when people thought the government was good. You know, I don't remember that time. Well, no, it was before we were born. Right. right. Right, but, but can you imagine living in a life where you think my country's great, and right? But my neighbors are great, and what we're doing is great. And let's go to the barn and dance. You know, I, that's what I want my life to be like. That I guess some people would argue that <laughs> I guess some people would argue that like Watergate uh, was the t- and this is I don't know how we're getting into this, but yeah. this that was the time that everyone was like, oh, everything's effed, and yeah. everyone's lying to us all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you... Yeah. And the end of that innocence, I guess. But I, I don't know. Yeah, it's this uh, this larger, larger innocence about life. Okay, but so you're talking about a kind attracted of... Attracted to. You're, you're talking about a kind of happy-go-luckiness that isn't always present in your work. Like, your work, I think, is kind of heavy. It's not always like, you know, there's wit yeah. and fun to it, but it seems to be like there's a darkness within what you're doing. yeah. Even if it's, you know, uh, presented maybe in a sunny way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Well, there's there's other things going on other than nostalgia too, and also sort of exercising personal demons or um, processing traumatic experiences too. I find I don't know. I'm music comes to me in certain situations. So after something sort of disastrous, I often feel a musical inspiration. Huh. And I think it I think it actually is sort of a mechanism of processing, processing. And a lot of my songs, I think, start with a question about something hmm. uh, that I'm trying to solve or answer. And yeah, I, th- I think that's that's interests me about my own writing, I guess, is that that it's usually precipitated by that rather than thinking what's going to be a really good catchy song everyone can right. dance to kind right. of, you know not that there's anything wrong with that but no but the, you're trying it, to it's a really personal almost journal entry style um way of of writing and working working things out right what was your what was your first interaction with music as a child do you remember it do you remember first being struck ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. ...by it and, and being yeah. enamored of it. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely listening to records, my dad's records, and probably um, Kate Bush um, would have been one one of the first people I was listening to. Um, and I'm talking like two or three, so I... Two or three years old? Yeah, yeah. You were listening to Kate Bush. Yeah. Do you have like a sense memory of that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I remember the Breaking Glass, actually. Oh. If you remember... In Babushka, that's yeah, yeah. a breaking glass. You remember? Th- I remember that, huh. yeah. And also um, Tom Waits, too. Um, I, I s- distinctly remember the song On the Nickel. I don't know if you know that song. Uh, what's... I, I think it's on Foreign Affair. I can't, oh, okay. I can't remember what album it's on. But yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful song um, about um, homelessness, about sort of being vagrant, and that that all of these homeless wandering men were little boys at one time, and so it's what's become of all the little boys who never comb their hair, hmm. and see them sleeping on the nickel over there, and uh, yeah, I, re- I remember that. I remember being struck, you know, re- at a very young age by those words and about the humanity of it, and. Also, just the curiosity, curiosity, particularly with Tom Waits, how how he can um, write a song and play it, but that music absolutely transports you to a completely different time, too. Right. And Frank's Wild Years, I right. found that, too, that I would actually have sort of childish imaginations and things while listening to those songs over and over again, and I could visit those places in the same way that you really love a good book that you takes you to the same place so I, I found that to be almost magical too so um so uh I've, I've always wanted to be able to create that or that I guess I've equated with you know being what I would consider really good music so you've got Kate Bush and Tom Waits two very distinctive and completely different vocalists mm-hmm. and and lyricists I'd say yeah. on some level um what uh, that's an interesting combination. It is, yeah. Like you've got a kind of guttural thing happening and then like a, this, I don't know, angelic thing happening. Yeah, she can be quite guttural too. Though. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, it yeah. kind of has a, I guess savage is not the right word, but like a, some, I don't know. Yeah, like a, a primal Primal, sound. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So that that's pretty heavy at two or three years old mm-hmm. uh, on some level. Um, and it sounds like you were processing what they were talking about. Yeah quite a bit too yeah i was listening to them like like stories like kids stories too so huh yeah and so from there where did you go to like as a as a singer or as a like at what point were you like struck enough by this stuff that you took it up yourself before you answer that i have to let my cat outside okay you you ponder this okay i'm gonna gary 
Gary. Gary. He yeah. doesn't look like he wants to go out. He does. He's fa- he's facing the door. Is that the symbol? Yeah. The okay. symbol? That's the stance. Hang on a second. <laughs> so I was saying something about... Oh, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what... How you went from being a fan to actually pursuing it yourself? Uh, uh, well, I guess I just sort of wrote little kid songs, um, which I can't remember really. Uh, and then there was no music. Well, I guess singing was always part of, of growing up too. My dad's musical and my older brother and sister are musical too. Um, and so there was always music going on in the house. Um, and instruments, you know, I learned to play guitar fairly young and also, um, the whole fa- u- ukulele and the family was musical basically. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's a part of camping trips was playing music and, um, yeah, it, it wasn't until, um, my teens that I really started writing anything or even knew that, you know, that was something you could do mm-hmm. like write write your own song and i started performing at um high school assemblies and that kind of thing and uh yeah i don't i don't really know what happened after that i guess i guess i just wrote some more and enough people said it was good that you know you and other people <laughs> <laughs> I said it, it was uh, good so is, is it uh, was there a point where you kind of thought holy crap my voice is actually i got something going on like i got kind of a strong thing happening here yeah, you know what's weird because I remember I I auditioned for a play in in uh, I think grade six like a musical, and I didn't get the part and that that mate was the you know that told me that I wasn't very good you know oh. and so I think maybe that's always sort of like like you know you I I've seen that you can be considered to be good and goodness which I talk a lot, a lot about with other people because I find it really confusing you know what's good what's a good book and a bad book and when people say something is good or bad they always say it with so much assertion like yeah. this thing is terrible or this thing is you know and and who decides and it's all on a grayscale but there is also some strange you know agreement about something being you know really good um i I don't know uh so i I don't know where i fall in at all and 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 all of that stuff even like singing and writing and everything else right you've got enough people saying you're great or whatever but it's mostly people you know exactly yeah or like you you know your parents or something right so this grade six like was your childhood a a happy one generally like were you like you're surrounded you had what three siblings yeah. And your parents are were separated or divorced? Uh yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I just I guess I'm you mentioned this grade 6 thing and now I feel like an investigator trying to unravel Uh-oh. the case. Where but do I start? well I just want to f- I I'm minorly obsessed with your confidence. Oh, and that's so sweet that what, you what, worry about it so much. It is really funny. It's a bit of worry in me just being incredibly nosy. <laughs> it's mostly me being like kind of yeah purient really um no i'm just i just i wonder about you sometimes i I wonder about anyone who's really cool at something or good at something and Mm. but doesn't maybe know it sometimes and and i I guess you found out so grade six this thing stuck with you like this sort of rejection oh i think there was there's lots of bullying and stuff going on at that time too so i'm sure that there i'm sure that that stuff is still a part of my psyche you know, kids are unbelievably cruel to one another. Right. And, you know, 
especially, you know, kids are trying to develop some sort of sense of, you know, am I cool? Am I not cool? Am I a loser? And, you know, oh, I guess I'm a loser. <laughs> you know, <laughs> everybody else is telling me that. So, right. well, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in that those moments definitely, and and I think that that's still a big part of my personality for sure. Yeah, like and I don't I don't know exactly where where I fit in, you know. Well, it's it's I we've had many conversations about this kind of thing where you're like, I sometimes wonder if your your self image is not as strong as it should be or something. Mm. And I mean, this is me just like breaking you down a little bit but i just that's how i like we talk i mean you and i've had really frank we go on drives and stuff when we have to play a show or something and we have these pretty open conversations about whatever how the music business works or whatever yeah. you, you you seem like i don't know sometimes you seem like you spoke of naivete earlier it's not naive you just seem like oh that's how that works or like how does this work i don't understand how things work yeah and uh we you know we have these kind of cool conversations and sometimes i leave them thinking it's sort of surprising to me like that jesse doesn't know this stuff not doesn't know this stuff but just um has all this stuff going on within her skills and yet kind of has maintained this uh distance from business yeah and you know the kind of scrutiny that comes with being a performer like you kind of you in a way it sounds like you don't really other than people like us friends and fans local fans sort of telling you like hey you're really awesome like you don't really know what you got i guess i guess i don't but maybe it doesn't matter i mean well i do know that i have i consider it to be a gift mm -hmm. and so and i also feel a tremendous obligation tremendous stress about that stress yeah. That is a word I would use connected to you. You <laughs> see, you. you seem, <laughs> you seem somewhat stressed sometimes. Well, I, like life is stressful. You seem stressed out too. Well, I'm pretty stressed these days, I but know. I mean, you burnt the rice today. Well, the You're... burner, <laughs> I got the rice going, and then I got some sole on the pan, and I got mm -hmm. carrots steamed up, and then the rice. I looked at the, I had the rice on a timer, and then the burner burnt out gets a gas stove yeah. how did you how did you feel about that not good <laughs> i had to cook the rice again and all the other stuff got cold yeah and then the rice burned yeah it was not a good situation i know it's stressful stressful but that's not the same kind of stress <laughs> that's like a more circumstantial kind of stress i feel like sometimes there's a little bit of an embodiment of of uh i don't know just i don't know if it's wonderment i don't even know what i'm getting at really i just feel like there's something going on where you question things you're always questioning things. yeah i am yeah and yeah. and sometimes i'm like really you don't know I, i'd like to know what you're referring to i don't know i don't know <laughs> just like a general i'm also trying i'm definitely not insulting you in any way i know <laughs> it's it makes for the record <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know you keep it i feel like it's refreshing you keep a bit of an arm's distance from everything i think i'm yeah okay so because i am such a mood oriented person and also uh, an aesthete. I want to be around things that create a certain emotional um, space. Uh -huh. uh, and a lot of things that don't put me in the mood that I enjoy are disdainful to me. And so... <laughs> you avoid them. I avoid them. <laughs> and a lot of sort of business things, for example, writing a grant application or something like that, right. would be uh, horrendous for me. Not enjoyable. And, uh, and I won't do it. 
<laughs> you won't ever do that, will you? I don't think I will ever do that. No, probably not. Oh, maybe I will now. I'm a lot better now uh, at, at doing sort of things that I'm not, uh, not that aren't fun now than I have ever been. <laughs> What's yeah. changed? What happened? Um, well, I think, you know, a lot of this lack of confidence that you, that you talk about may, some of that may actually be better now. Oh yeah, yeah. Some of it may be sort of a you. You have this perception of me that's founded on someone who maybe is a lot better now than than they used to be. <laughs> this is funny. Uh, that's just, okay. <laughs> it this is fine. Like you know, you and I uh, have, as I say, it's a little complicated. We've spent a lot of time together. We've done mm-hmm. a little bit of work together. I've kind of followed your public persona if you will like your public life mm-hmm. so yeah i feel like i kind of have a certain knowledge that maybe i you're, what you're saying is maybe i don't yeah maybe maybe maybe, don't. maybe it's maybe you don't know what you're talking about you're feeling pretty cocky these days <laughs> cocky I, I, well i wouldn't go that far <laughs> that's too far that's too much well this record's finally done this, that makes me feel a bit cocky this story behind the making of this record is a little complicated isn't it like it started and, and then you weren't happy again Oh yeah, there was all sorts of back and forth, and again, like I, uh, I, it's it's imperative to me that things are the way that I need them to be, and and it seems that I will do pretty much anything in order to get them that way. Was it a situation where, and you can be honest as honest as you want about this? Okay. Was there was was this not a situation where I don't know how many, but a bunch of songs say we're done. Uh huh. You got you did them. Yep. And then people thought they were done and you thought they were done but then you were like you know what i don't think these are done did that happen that's happened yeah yeah that did happen with and this record the yeah, town yeah yeah so why it was almost fully recorded and because it it just wasn't there yet a lot it was just like each each of these uh, attempts has been a run at it and it wasn't there yet and so i couldn't release it without it being completely there but just to prove to you that there is actually an end in sight. I do feel very happy with the end result. You're happy with this album? Yeah, and I don't think that this album could have existed without any of those attempts, without any of those those tries. Um, this this album wouldn't exist the way that it is. So all of that I consider to be valuable work. It's totally legitimate. Like people do this all the time. You know, they'll scrap a whole. I mean, God, some of your favorite artists, like the people you mentioned, yeah. and some of the other people I know you're fans of. I mean let's say Bruce Springsteen I mean god he's mm-hmm. famously infamously deli- like just scrapping great like you know you get a collection like tracks or whatever like some mm-hmm. obscurities collection you're like Bruce dude <laughs> or Dylan like just there's certain people who just don't maybe realize that something is done mm-hmm. until someone else like years later is like here's a bunch of stuff that this guy didn't think was good enough mm-hmm. for a record and and fans are just like what the hell that is mystifying i guess my point for you and in terms of what we're discussing is like what do you think is the difference between being exacting Mm -hmm. and precious like too precious about something yeah um well you have to have a level of comfort so that you can and i don't have that i'm so that's that's been something that I've I'm really proud of ha- having developed with Andy and JJ too. Yeah, the ability to be uh, disagreeable at times, but have it um, be okay at the end of the day. You know, um, 
yeah, I, I, I much prefer to say yes and be in agreement than to say no. And sometimes I, I have to fight hard to really hold my ground on something. But I've also been proven wrong in certain cases, too, or things that I really felt strongly about. JJ and Andy would you know, ask me to sort of just relax and sit with for a while. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then they ended up being some of my favorite parts of the record, too. So I learned quite a bit about, about that balance between preciousness and but there was also a lot a lot that i sort of demanded that i think was good right in the end too right so yeah the town 10 years basically let's say yeah took you in a sense to make this record Mm -hmm. what do you reckon's next do you have an idea oh and also we didn't even get to this you're also a member of the sky diggers essentially yeah so that's been keeping you pretty busy yes and is there a new sky diggers record coming out um no no um we're gonna start another tour in the spring okay and uh peter cash is gonna join us for for the next tour which is really great now why is that significant uh he hasn't been um playing with the band um in an official way for quite a few years so it's significant because he yeah because he's come out for um um, the horseshoe gigs that we do at Christmas time, but right. to actually go with us on tour is is uh, is a bit of a change. So it's going to be fun. That's exciting. Yeah. And what has that done for you as a performer? Like having that experience of playing with, because I assume they do well and play pretty yeah. big shows, and mm-hmm. they're a bit of a Canadian institution. The Skydiggers mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. so that must be a thrill. It is. It is, and. I know I, I owe a lot to Andy. Uh, he's sort of a musical... Um, this is Andy Mays. Andy Mays, yeah. There's he, a lot of Andys in your life. There is, yeah. A lot of musical Andys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he's definitely been been a huge supporter for, for me and very encouraging. And, you know, I owe him a lot of thanks. Um, just, the, just the stage time that, I've, that he's provided me with... Uh, has been invaluable i think yeah my comfort playing for larger audiences or soft seaters and this might be part of what you were saying earlier about how your confidence is up yeah i, I assume so. doing these big shows must must help it does yeah, yeah it does okay. yeah um um yeah and i think there's a certain part of of confidence development that just comes with aging too yeah there's a you just lose a bit of a bit more angst every year it just seems you just can't Nobody can keep up that level of angst. Just it dwindles naturally. Angst or anxiety? Uh well, I both, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Have I told you my method of dealing with anxiety? No. If we have like if I have to play a show or whatever, do something. Okay. I tell myself if I'm getting nervous, you're not going to die. Oh. I say no matter what happens, if I have to do a presentation, host a thing, worst thing that could possibly happen is that you or someone else is going to die. And uh, you're, you're not going to die. That's what I say to myself. And it gets me through. There are some things that are worse than death, though. Like what? Like massive public embarrassment. <laughs> no, no. That's not as bad. That's it's whole... not as bad as death? No, death would be the worst thing possible. I don't know. Or like a maiming? Like just like, basically like you're not going to get physically hurt or die. Mm. How can you fight that? There's nothing that beats that. You're telling me... That's the whole point, though. My point is I'm saying that to myself to avoid dwelling on that thing that you just said, the embarrassment or Matt, humiliation. Yeah, which would be the worst thing. Yeah, but that's not true. That 
you're screwing with my method here. I'm sorry. My method is meant to combat that exact sensation of feeling that that is the... The point is that... Okay. The subtext here is, I do agree with you. That is the worst thing. (laughs) I'm saying the death thing because I don't want the embarrassing thing to know that I know that it's the worst thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm psyching out the embarrassing thing with this death thing. (laughs) I see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, So that's why I do it. Yeah. And... I, I, that's good. That's I think good. you should employ my method. You know and what see. helps me when I feel anxious? What's that? Anger. Anger? What do you mean? I get a little. I get angry instead. What do you do? What do you like? <laughs> what do you? What do you watch like Bill O'Reilly or something? And you're like, what is wrong with that guy? Well, how do you get angry on command? Well, if I if say say I'm playing a show uh, for a large group of people, and I really want to it to go well, and I want it. I want to impress them and or something like that and I'm feeling anxious about it then I if I'm feeling anxious and I recognize that sometimes I'll turn it into anger and just be like you know what you know forget about everybody else who cares who cares about you and what you think you th- I don't I don't even like you I don't like you anyway you're, and then I can play really well I, I, can, s- I can be angry <laughs> and I can sing really sing at people like yeah you don't like this? What about this note? No. <laughs> but sort of. There is this. So basically, you, you take the anxiety that is being inflicted upon you by the audience. Yeah. And then you turn it against the audience by viewing them as an imposition in your life. <laughs> yes. Kind of. They don't know that, though. Well, uh, they do now. Yeah. Whoops. So... So, so you ruined my thing. So like they and all, I ruined yours. Yeah. So the, the so instead of just you not only imagine an audience naked. Yeah. Like to try and you know that's the whole thing. Like just imagine the audience naked and it'll calm your nerves. That's a bad that's bad advice. So you not okay, but let's for the sake of argument say that this is a method you employ. I mm-hmm. feel like you not only imagine them naked, you imagine them annoying. <laughs> you guys are all nude and annoying and I hate you. And here's my song. <laughs> That's what you do. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's and not incredible. the nude part. You can't do that. Have you well, tried I that? I wouldn't be able to focus on the words. Why would you? Why would that even be a thing? Just imagine them naked, and then you're. What do you get? How is that supposed to help anything? No, it's I, already complex. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's yeah, definitely. But right. I do, I do, I do sing songs in an aggressive way sometimes. You know, you have a reputation for being kind of an up and down live performer. Sometimes things go really well, and sometimes you. Seem like you're like, F it. Oh. Is that your anger manifesting itself? Maybe. Maybe. Do you, I have a reputation? You didn't know this? Way? Oh, God. I'm oh. giving you a complex. I, I know you said your confidence was up. So I'm just trying <laughs> to bring you back to earth. <laughs> I think that sometimes you uh, lose yourself in, uh, in the booze or something. I don't know. <laughs> what are you doing to me? I'm trying to crush it. No, no. What are you doing? You to don't me? have that reputation at all. <laughs> I, I definitely teasing. know. I know that reputation. I do have. <laughs> I do have that reputation. I think that uh, you're great. You know what? What? I'm gonna do whatever I want. That's exactly you. <laughs> That's what it seems like. It's though. It's not though. That whole oh. thing is t- totally a, a coping mechanism for okay. dealing with the small me who is like I'm not worthy. All right. I think I understand this. I think we understand you a little bit better. Yeah. Unfortunately, people now understand me a little bit better. Yeah. I'm a mean person. Kind of. I made you coffee and gave you carrots. You did give me carrots. Those were good carrots. <laughs> Those were. If we can go to a song from the town right now, mm-hmm. 
What song can we play? Um, should we play something upbeat or something not? This is not some kind of radio show or station. You can play whatever you want. I don't know how this conversation will possibly, how we could segue into any any of the songs. Well, just pick a song. I don't know. Just do what you want. I don't know. You, you made the record. Just pick a pick a friggin' song already. Anything you want. What do you? People are hearing the record like, for the I'd first like, time. I like. I my favorite song on the album is the last song. Why? So, What's the last song? It's called Douglas Street. It's my favorite song. That's a street in Guelph. It is a street in Guelph. You're right. What? Why is that your favorite song? I just I I think it's that that's actually a psychic song. That song because I wrote that song. I started writing it about a fire in Guelph. And I never finished it. Oh. And I actually named it Douglas Street, the song. Oh. And then we had a massive fire. Wow. And then I finished the song after. Weird. That's weird, I know. Huh. Yeah, yeah. That's strange. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have an explanation for that. Well, why would you? You believe in psychic stuff too, don't you? I don't really. Like, I don't go around saying, hey. You went to a psychic though. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to a psychic? <laughs> I I don't uh, yeah, but look, how would you know that? The, the behind, Are you psychic? I'm a little psychic. Look look behind you. Look what's happening. <laughs> oh my happening. god, what is happening? Oh, Gary! Gary's, Gary's climbing the on the windscreen. We had these screens installed, and now I told so, my wife it was a bad idea. Right now, yeah. I told him not. I told her that we shouldn't do it because it was a bad idea, and he just friggin' digs at them. Oh, he puts I his know. paws in the claws them. He's shredding them up. Anyway, Gary doesn't care. Gary's a good boy. <laughs> Douglas Street. You want yeah. to hear that song? I do, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll play that and people can hear this from the town. Oh, where can people get more information about you uh, on the internet? On the internet? I uh, have a website that's going to go up very shortly. And it will be jessievalsmith.com. And you're on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter, but I don't know how to use it. What do you it's mean? It's so sad. <laughs> I'm just you know learning. What? You should start tweeting stuff because you're going to have that zero tweets. I know. And like followers. People are going to think you're like some kind of spam bot people are gonna think i'm a spam bot this is what i'm afraid of <laughs> don't be a spam bot just like t- tweet some if you see something when's the last time you saw something interesting on the internet something interesting on the internet uh, why are you repeating everything i'm saying <gasps> because because You're i processing <laughs> yes i i i like to look at ebay you like to look at ebay <laughs> oh my god you are from 2001 <laughs> i i've been looking at carts for my dog like a cart that he can pull and can pull me in because I don't drive a car. You know what? I'm not trying to tell you to tweet links because some yeah. people don't like that. But you could start a conversation. How you am I supposed to know that? You could just. Well, this is. I'm telling you. Oh, thank you. You could say, you could. That could be your first tweet. I'm looking for carts for my dog. <laughs> and then your second tweet can be like, I found this cart for my dog on eBay. And then you can post a link. Then you can be like. I don't know if I should bid on this cart for my dog. <laughs> this is what Twitter is? A lot of it, yeah. Oh. But you can also follow interesting things and you'll learn about news and stuff. And you can retweet stuff. If someone you follow yeah. says or does something interesting, you can retweet it. And that's you participating as well. Okay. Spreading the word about good stuff. I spread the word yeah. about good stuff. So you're on Twitter at, what is it, Jesse Bell Smith? Yeah. And it's Jesse with a X? No, with a Y. <laughs> yeah, with a Y. Jesse Bell Smith. Yeah. Uh, one, I think. You know, here's the thing. You'll love this. There's another Jesse Bell Smith? No, the, there is another Jesse Bell Smith, but do you know who it is? It's me. It's me. What? <laughs> There's two. Because I started one 
like in 2000 and whatever, so long ago, but I can't remember the password. It's great. And the Perfect. password is with my Hotmail account, which I can't get in because it's been totally taken over by pirates uh-huh. and they won't believe that it's me uh-huh. to get in there. And so I have Jesse Bell Smith, no one, no one, this with is- just no one, no tweets, no followers, forever floating in an abyss. It took an hour for us to get to the essence of you. <laughs> this is what I wanted to share with the world. <laughs> this is Jesse Bell Smith, one. Can I tweet this? Yeah, you should tweet this. I'm not going to. Let's tweet a photo of us. Oh, no. It's being like, I'm on creative control. Let's do that. <laughs> That'll be your first tweet. I don't want to. Why not? Well, I don't know. Okay, fine. Just try it. We'll try it. Okay. We'll take a photo and mm-hmm. then we'll tweet it. Okay. Do you have like a tweet Twitter on your phone? I think so. Okay, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. This is Douglas Street. Jesse, yeah, I love you. I love you too. Thanks for being on the show.
Thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at cfru.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.